0: Father, as we look at your word, we ask for guidance to understand what you would have each of us take away from, our, from reading your word today. Thank you for your precious word. Thank you for Jesus who we'll read about today. In his name we pray, amen. Well, my list is getting longer, and I don't mean my Christmas list. And I don't mean my to-do list. That's already long enough. I'm not going to add any more to that. The list of things I wished I knew when I was younger. One thing about it, the older you get, I found, the more you look back and have regrets about things you've done in your life. And one of the things I wished I would have known more about years, decades earlier, falls under the category of thankfulness. And I think it's a good time to talk about thankfulness, don't you agree? Because in four days, we celebrate Thanksgiving where our whole nation is called to be thankful about something. For the Christian though, which day of the year is a day for giving thanks? Would be every day, wouldn't it? We're to give thanks every day to the Lord. Well, I don't know. Sometimes I judge myself too hard, and sometimes I'm too lenient on myself. Maybe I wasn't too bad in my younger days at being grateful for what was given to me or for what was done for me. I think in my heart I was thankful, but I'm having trouble thinking back so long now. But I'll tell you one thing I know I was horrible at and I'm still not good at is expressing my gratitude and expressing my thankfulness. I don't know why, it's just something I've always struggled with, and I'm a little awkward with it. And some of you say, yes, he is. (laughs) I don't know, and some of you grew up like this. Both sides, both grandparents, both sides of the family, they were good people, but they come through some tough times. And they just weren't good at expressing themselves. Neither side of my family, we weren't huggy, huggy, you know, like Archie Smith kind of huggy. We kept our feelings to ourselves. Does anybody else beside me know what I'm talking about? We just didn't ever say the soft side. We never really said, I love you, hardly ever. Now as far as giving thanks though, I was trained as many of you were and train your kids. When mother was standing beside me and somebody gave me something, I always got the instructions, now what do you say? Thank you, but I can't honestly say that was heartfelt. I do want to make this point today, something that I've discovered much too late in my life, if I can get back to it, is one of the key components to building a good, healthy relationship with one another and with God is there's a kind act done for you, or a sacrifice is made on your part. There needs to be an expression of gratitude that is returned. You need to have both for that relationship to be strengthened and to be built. I assumed in my younger days, well, they know how thankful I am. Okay, and if I said a quick thanks, they ought to know that I appreciated it. The more I study the Bible, the more I see not expressing gratitude, not being thankful, is a sin. Failing to express the gratitude says this. Now, first of all, let me say this. We're called to love one another, right? If I fail to express my gratitude in a meaningful, heartfelt way, what I really communicate to the person who gave me something or sacrificed on my behalf is I don't appreciate your effort. I don't appreciate the sacrifice you just made. And that's a hurtful thing. Now, if you don't get that heartfelt gratitude shown to you, you can't do anything about it. You can't go demand that you give me this. You, owe, you, know, you weren't grateful for this. Mothers and fathers try to do that to their kids all the time. It doesn't work. OK, that, that has to be something that comes from the heart. Actually, it's ruined by then. I don't know if it's a man thing or not. Uh, maybe it's the pride of men. Uh, you know, don't give me directions. I'll find my own way there. OK. Unless your name's Siri. Then you can <laughs> And see, if you do something for me, then, and this gratitude business comes in, then I've got to acknowledge I can't do everything myself. I need other people. And that goes against some of the things I was taught growing up. Do things for yourself, be, grow up and be a man. Now, I don't know, maybe that's just me and what I've learned, but I'll, I'll blame it on being a man. Showing heartfelt appreciation sometimes is awkward, Because real men are supposed to be self sufficient. I don't know. Jason preached a long time, not long ago, that that kind of attitude lacks humility and it's wrong. We need to realize we need one another. And the people that were in my life, including many people sitting here today, I wouldn't be anywhere without the support and encouragement that I got. So the idea that I can do stuff on my own—I'm going to get this down before I die. I think it's—but I'm going to argue today that it's a skill, and it must be practiced. You know, it's one thing to read about it in Scripture; it's one thing to hear a sermon on this. That's not going to make you have a heart of gratitude. It's something you have to determine. I am going to practice this until I get very good at that. So. Expressing thankfulness is a skill that must be practiced, and we're going to maybe model some ways we could do that here today. Looking back, I withheld much gratitude from people in my life. Uh, Two of the most important women in my life, I withheld gratitude from them, from my mother and from my wife, just not expressing the thanks that I should have and it's too late now. I can't express the thanks and the gratitude for them that I once have. So one of the things I wanted to do in this sermon is say, don't wait. You may never get a chance to express your gratitude to another person. And God works through people too, by the way. And so you're really thanking God. So listen, husbands, if you still have a wife with you, And there's any pride in the way that says, well, my wife owes me to do that. She ought to do that. Get rid of that right now. I urge you to be a man grateful for the things that your wife gives you and sacrifices. Don't go the rest of your life and have regrets that I have. Be grateful for everything. Listen, we can find faults and flaws in everybody, can't we? I could find some flaws in you, and it probably wouldn't take me too long, and you certainly don't have any trouble finding them in me. But there is so much that God has done good through all of us that love him. We could exhaust our time just thanking him for the good things. I heard a sermon preached about a year ago where the pastor said to the parents, parents, plug your ears. I don't want you to hear this. I want to talk to your kids, your teenagers and your preteens. And he said to the kids, you want to know a secret? Okay. You want to know a secret? Be as grateful as you can for everything your parents do for you. Do not assume anymore that they owe you a ride somewhere. They owe you clothes. They owe you that because they don't. They don't owe you that. They give you those good things. And so (laughs) overdo the gratitude and see if you don't see more yeses in your life and less no's. I asked a mother the other day. Do you think that would have any influence on you if your ch- child or children were overabundant in gratitude? She says, <laughs> they'd probably get everything in the world they wanted. Now, that's probably not going to be the case, kids. But you might, you might find it beneficial to have a heart of gratitude and be grateful for every single thing your parents do for you. One of the ways we love one another is not only that we do good deeds for one another, but we show our gratitude to each other. It's the loving thing to do. God's our first priority, and we ought to thank him continually. Now, does God want to be thanked? Does God need to be thanked? Well, those are two different questions. God does not need anything. But God wants us to be thankful people who regularly thank him because he wants his children to be humble children who appreciate him and appreciate other people. That's what God wants us to be. So yes, God wants us to be people filled with a heart of thanks and gratitude. The big question always is, well, what does Jesus have to say about any of this? And so that's what we'll take a look at now. We're going to turn to Luke 17. We're going to pick up right where Ralph left off, which means we're probably going to hear the same thing read next week. So God must want us to get a double dose of this passage. Before we start reading this, though, during this past, and I I lost track. Is it a year, two years, whatever, since the COVID stuff came out? Have any of you had to be in quarantine? Okay. And how many did not like that? Yeah, okay. It's not fun. And some of you couldn't see your grandchildren for a long time or other people. Some of you couldn't go to work. Can you imagine being in quarantine for three years, for nine years, for four decades? Can you imagine being in quarantine for the rest of your life? Now, just think about that for a minute. Sometimes we read these stories, and we don't put ourselves into that place and into that situation. Luke 17, I'm going to read about some people who were in quarantine. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He had resolutely set his face to Jerusalem. What's that mean? He's determined to go to Jerusalem. What's he going for? To die on a cross. So he's on his way, and he traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Now, here's Samaria up here. Now, here's Galilee up here. And here's Jerusalem, the region of Judea down here. And in the middle is the region of Samaria. And the Samaritan people are not very well liked by the Jewish Jewish people and vice versa. In fact, when you were going from the northern country up where Jesus grew up, And going down to Jerusalem, instead of taking the shortcut through Samaria, you would often go out around. So Jesus, as we open up this account, is somewhere in the border between those two. And he comes to people who were quarantined. They have leprosy. Leprosy is a horrible disease to have. And back at that time... Uh, you had to be put out. The priest would declare that you had leprosy, and you were isolated from everybody. And there would be other people that would have leprosy. So you go into groups of people that had leprosy, leper, leper colonies, and probably they had their own gardens, had to gra- grow their own, excuse me, grow their own food, and so forth. But they could not see their family, not le- except from a distance. They could not see their friends. They couldn't be in their homes and stuff. They were put out. Now, this disease could be so bad it would start deteriorating the skin, the organs, muscles, eyes, and so forth. A lot of people died from it back then. Uh, But not everybody that was declared to have leprosy would get that sick because. They weren't sure if you had eczema or some other skin rash or something like that. That was all called leprosy. And so you were put in quarantine. But after three or four weeks, if that cleared up, you would go to the priest and say, Hey, look, my rash is gone. My skin's gone. My leprosy's gone, they would say. And if the priest declared you clean, then you could return to normal living back home. So... Jesus is on his way to Galilee. He's going into a small village, and this would be a very remote area, and 10 men, I don't know if that's the whole colony or 10 of the people that were in this leper colony come out to meet him. Now, they couldn't get too close. In fact, they were ordered by law that if anybody started to get close to them, they had to yell out, unclean, unclean, meaning don't come any closer. Leprosy was a very contagious disease. They believe now it was spread not by touching one another necessarily. It was spread just like our virus today through droplets in the air and so forth. Well, when Jesus saw him, well, first of all, they stood at a distance and they cried out, screaming to Jesus in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. I found this a little interesting because who would call Jesus master except his followers, those that they put themselves under Jesus as their teacher, as their Lord. And I don't think that's the case, but I think what is the case is the reputation about Jesus and healing people and miracles was spreading. They heard this guy that does the miracles is coming through. And what did they have to lose? So they yell out and hope that he would... Take pity on them. And I wonder how Jesus will respond to this. When Jesus saw them, he said, oh, wait a minute, this is really weird. Go show yourself to the priest. Now, that's not what I'd expect the story, how the story to go. I'd expect him to do something, wave his hand, or maybe even come up to them and put some mud in their arms or something. But he said, go show yourself to the priest. They had to be thinking, what's he talking about? We can't go show ourselves to the priest unless we're healed, unless there's no sign of leprosy. And here I am, I can't see out of my left eye. I got these scabs all over my arms. I can feel my face, the blood oozing down. What's Jesus saying? But what would you do then? Would you say, explain yourself, Jesus? What do you mean? Heal us first, then we'll go show to the priest. They don't. They they listen to him. They at least said, hey, this doesn't make sense to us, but we'll do what he says. Now, that's faith, or at least the beginning of faith. That's what faith is all about. When it doesn't make sense, do it anyways. They went. They did what Jesus said. And because they listened to Jesus, as they were somewhere on their way, all of a sudden they looked down, their scabs are gone. Their sores are gone. They can see out of their left eye. The one guy's hearing may have come back, whatever the case may be. They were cleansed as they are on the way there. Now, I want to ask you a question. Were these people thankful, do you think? Put yourself in one of their shoes. Do you th- what do you think, what would their emotions be? I don't think it would be, ho-hum, just another day in the village. (laughs) Wouldn't they be jumping up and down and saying, oh, I can't believe it. I'm so grateful. This is absolute. this is unbelievable. We listen to this guy and it's just absolutely unbelievable. So I think they had gratitude in their hearts. I think they had great joy in their hearts. I think they wanted to celebrate in their hearts. And they knew, as soon as I can get to that priest, look at me. I'll get to the priest, he'll declare me clean. I'll be seeing my wife or my mother or my brothers, my friends, the people who hang out down at the post office, whatever. (laughs) This is absolutely amazing. So I think these people surely had a sense of gratitude and thanks in their heart. There's a little lag in this turning. In fact, I may have to have you flip for me. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, did an about face. He started praising God in a loud voice. Oh, praise be to God. Thank you for what you just did for me, God. Almighty God, how gracious you have been to me. I am healed right now. I can just hear him Heaping praise upon praise to God. And then he gets to Jesus. The one who told him to do this. The one that was used by God to heal him. And he falls down in his feet in front of Jesus. And he says, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I can live life again. Thank you so much for what's going on. Oh, and this man was a Samaritan. Not one of God's people, the special chosen people they believed that was lived in Judea or up in Galilee in the northern country. This was one of those dreaded enemies, the Samaritan. Jesus, this is the third time, this, I think at least, the Samaritans come into play. There's the Good Samaritan, which was about those people that the Jews didn't like. There was the woman at the well who heard Jesus and then started telling everybody in to town, hey, I just saw the Messiah. Yeah. Well, This person did something about his gratitude. I think they all 10 were thankful. I don't know that. I think they were. But this person did something different, expressed his thanks to God and expressed his thanks to the person who gave him this wonderful gift. He expressed his gratitude. And that is something we may have gratitude, but that's something we fail to do at times. Jesus asked a question, were not all 10 cleansed? Where's the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? What does that imply to you when Jesus asked that question? Do you get the same impression that I do that he thought They ought to all be giving praise to God and ought to all be coming back and expressing their gratitude to him, to the Son of God. It seems that's what's being implied here, why Jesus asked the question. Shouldn't every one of the ten, as anxious as they are to get home, circle back and give all kinds of praise to God and thank God and then thank Jesus? Hmm. Well... He says, rise and go, he will in a minute, there he goes. (laughs) He said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. The faith of all ten made them well. Jesus told them to go to the priest, they did what Jesus said, they believed that if they did what he would say, they would be healed. And so I believe they were, their faith did heal them from leprosy. I think there's something very special going on in this person. I think more than his more than his skin and condition was taken care of I think the real healing was done in his soul and in his heart because see he gave God the glory he came to Jesus and gave thanks to Jesus trusting Jesus and I believe this man's eternal destiny was sealed a foreigner a non-jewish person Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Well, the question that I have for you is how will we practice this skill, if it is a skill, of praising God all the time? You have to determine to do it. I think Jason told on me one day, said, but it's a true story. At one time, I was determined to do this and I set the alarm on my phone, the timer for every 60 minutes. And when every 60 minutes went off, I looked back in the last hour to see what I could give God thanks for. And I kept that up for a while. And I'm finding it more easy to do, but I'm still disappointed with myself that I don't do it more than I do. How do we practice thanking God throughout the day? Well, first of all, it's the will. And it just starts something like this. So some examples. Before I do that, though, I want to say something. I want to make two points that just digressing for a moment. I've also realized by taking time to practice thanking God throughout the day that God doesn't really too often bless me directly. He does. I mean, there's many things he blesses me directly. But often he blesses me through other people. I think what he does is he whispers in your ear and says, Hey, uh, his legs hurt and... Uh, I could fix him something for supper and somebody runs me over something for supper I think they're. I think listening to God they heard God speak you see what I'm talking about I think sometimes when you come up and say an encouraging word to me I think God somehow moved you in a way because he knew God knows everything and he knew that I needed encouragement at that time Uh, I've heard people say, I got a phone call the other day. It could have never, ever came at a better time. Well, who would have known that? God knew that. So see, God blesses us. We can bless one another, but I think God's instrumental in running behind the scenes. What comes into our mind and our heart. So you've got to realize that. Now, I know some of you have seen these pictures, whether they were cartoons or pictures, but let me paint one for you right now. A man... Is on top of the roof and the water is almost up to the roof. It doesn't say, but I'm picturing something like Katrina. All right? And he's praying desperately to God God, I can't swim. I am going to drown if you don't act. I am calling on you for your help. And before he's done praying, he hears the sound of a motorboat coming. And the motorboat gets up close and starts getting to the building. And says, hey, I'll pull up and you see if you can get down and into the boat. He says, no thanks, God's got this. (laughs) And then he goes back to praying. Father, I need you to come and save me. I've got another few inches to go and I'm going to be in deep trouble and I can't swim. And then his prayers cut off. The hovering of a helicopter with a rope coming down. Grab a hold of the rope and I'll pull you up. No thanks, God's going to come and save me. Well, you can guess how the story goes. He didn't make it. And one day, I don't know how long into the future, he asked God, you know, one of the things, I have many questions about my life, but the time I was praying for you to come and save me, why didn't you? And the answer was, hey, I sent you a motorboat, and then I sent you a helicopter. I didn't know what else more to do for you. Seemed like you wanted to reject everything I was giving you. The other thing I keep in mind when I'm giving God thanks, and I want to encourage us all to do this is, do you know what the biggest sin was for the Israelites between Egypt and 40 years later in the Promised Land? They grumbled and complained. Instead of being grateful for what they had, they grumbled and complained against Moses, and even if they weren't against God, God was the one leading and providing through Moses, they were complaining against God and telling God they didn't think much of what he, how he was treating them. And that upset God terribly. One of my favorite characters, and they still put it in the paper even though the uh, Schultz died, is my favorite, one of my, yeah, my favorite character is Snoopy. Okay? I loved him at first because he would really go to town against the Red Baron. But I remember a Thanksgiving week, the, the slide, the frames showed Snoopy out in his doghouse. And he was saying, Thanksgiving morning. I can't wait to see what I'm getting, getting for Thanksgiving dinner. And then the next frame showed Charlie Brown carrying out a tray with a metal lid on top of it. And he's thinking, oh, this is going to be great. Charlie sets it down, walks away, opens it, <coughs> Dog food? Dog food on Thanksgiving? Well, I guess I could have been a turkey. (laughs) In other words, he took that bad situation for him. I've got to eat dog food even on this special day. But he found something to be thankful about. I can be thankful I'm not a turkey. So I get up in the morning. Can't you just at least say, thank you, God, I got a good night's sleep. Thank you that I got rested today. But I want to tell you something. As I go through some of these things, whenever I give God thanks for something, you know what he always does to me? He always pops into my mind. now I want you to intercede for somebody else. So I can't just thank him because he'll put into my mind, oh, Lord, and those that didn't get a good night's sleep who are going to be tired today have mercy on them, and help them tomorrow night to get a good night's sleep. And if I know who they are, by the way, on your sermon notes, I was going to mention this at this beginning, but I forgot, there, it's blank. I just say I am thankful for it because I thought maybe as we go through this today, some things that you want to remember to thank God, if you're, if you're into taking notes, you can write that down. If you can think of, oh, I want to remember to thank somebody for this, you can write that down. Now, that pretty good excuse for not having the time to do the notes. <laughs> oh, God, it looks cold out today. I am so grateful I'm in a warm place. But, Father, there's people who are suffering because they have no place today. Bring them to my attention or somebody in my church's attention that we might minister to them. I am so glad I'm not... I'm home today and not in the hospital. Thank you, Lord, for this today. I get to have just a normal day today because there's people in the hospital that I want to pray for right now, Father. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything special. This kind of prayer, I think, is the most pleasing kind of prayer to God, just, where you just have some little mini conversations with him throughout the day, praising him and thanking him so he knows he has a child who appreciates him. So he, so the love connection between you and him come full circle. He's doing something good for you, and you show an expression of gratitude. Lord, I thank you that you protected me from Satan, because once again today, I believe deeply in Jesus. Nobody stole that away from me. You promised you would protect that, and you have. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, whoever Satan's trying to attack today, protect him. Sometimes just being thankful to God is just telling God, I thank you because you are. I thank you, God, because you're all-powerful. Holy smokes, here you are all-powerful, and you love me? Boy, put those two together. You can do anything, and you want the best for me? I'm in business. Father... You know everything you're all knowing. Thank you for that. And that means I don't have to figure stuff out and then tell you about it. You know more about me than I know about me. So thank you for taking care of me and giving me something I didn't even know I needed. I used to say that about Trader Horn before they closed. I would go out to Trader Horn and I, I would find stuff out there I didn't even know I needed. <laughs> thank you for being love. Thank you that you're everywhere at one time. So I don't have to worry that you don't have time to spend with me. Thank you, Lord. You can be with them and them and them and them and and still give me all of your attention. That's unbelievable. Thank you that everything about you, absolutely everything is good. And thank you for taking care of me through other people. Thank you for showing me the needs of other people and allowing me to have a sense of purpose to minister. That's why many of us do ministry here because we find it so rewarding. And so God finds a purpose for us and says, and I think we'll always have a purpose. You don't get to retire in heaven. I think God will find purposes and reasons for you to do good for eternity and eternity. And that gives us, well, that that makes us who we are a sense of purpose for the mundane things. Lord, I am paying my bills right now, as you can see looking over my shoulder, and I thank you I have enough money to pay this electric bill. Thank you, Lord, for that. And, Lord, for those that don't have enough, how can we take care of that? Thank you that I was able to mow the grass or prepare dinner. Then I thank God as much as I can for other people and what they do. I thank God for Elaine and Scott regularly. Thank you, God. You give us people who know how to handle music, who are talented. You put that desire on their heart to learn those skills and how to do that. And then they, in turn, honor you by using those to bless you, and that blesses us. So I thank you for the skills you've given people, for technology skills you give to people, for the ability to cook, for the ability to make blankets, for the ability to just come together to pray, for the ability to teach. I thank God all the time for that. I don't show enough heartfelt gratitude to those people doing it, and I'm trying to fix that right now. So I beg your forgiveness. But I do and have been thanking God for you. And I hope that brings some consolation. I pray and thank God for my pastor for Jason. I pray that he's getting some rest while he's with his family right now. And all the burdens that he carries, I'm grateful that he's willing to do that because a senior pastor carries the burdens of all his people, all the people God has placed under his care in this place. You see, I'm learning something else too. The more I quit looking at the negative and being thankful for the positive, it makes me feel better. It doesn't upset me. When I start trying to look for people's faults, it makes me feel bad. I think God does that on purpose, don't you? But when I start looking for the good and the positive, I got some news for you. You probably didn't know this about all of them. They're not perfect. They, these people out here got a lot of flaws. Almost as many as I got. But you see, we... We can find so much good in people and be thankful to God and thankful to them because we we won't have time to look for flaws if we start trying to list all the good things that they have in them. Those who are born again and belong to Jesus have so much in them. They have the spirit of Christ living within them, and we ought to be thankful for that. Jesus said there's two things. He said, I'm going to make Christianity really simple for you. Because the Jewish people were there, see those Pharisees are there, they made it so hard. Always you gotta do, remember, two things. You don't have to remember that great big book of laws, Jewish laws. Just remember two things. Love God with everything you got. And love other people. And remember that God loves them, so if you love God, you'll love them too. So we love God back for all the good things He does for us by expressing, not just feeling understand what i'm saying today we express our gratitude and we love other people when they do something good for us we express our gratitude it re- see when somebody doesn't show gratitude to you it hurts you right it makes you feel bad like i said before don't we don't want that for people to feel bad right we want them to feel good we want them to be encouraged and positive so If somebody gives you this wild, crazy-looking sweater this Christmas (laughs) and people ask this question all the time, well, what am I supposed to do, lie about it? Express your gratitude, whether or not you're going to wear that sweater to school every day or to church every week, whatever. If you would never be caught dead in that sweater, you still express the gratitude. And it, what it says to people is, I value you, I value what, the, what you thought of me, I value the sacrifice that you've made. I don't know how to ever thank all of you in, with words. I do thank God for you all the time, but you've been so good and kind to me, I don't know how to express it in a very short time. And I told you, I struggle with this a little bit anyways, but I will say this since I got the floor. At Pastor Appreciation, which I keep urging people to take me off that list because it's easier for me to give than receive, but I got to get over that, don't I? And I? But I'll tell you what, it's not that I don't value them. I, in fact, every card that I got and every gift that came in some of those cards. Every card I get are stacked up by my desk. And I take five off the top every day. And I read what you wrote and how kind you've been to me. And then I thank God for you. And then I pray for you. Whatever I know at the time, the, pr- the prayer that you need. And then I put them <laughs> on the bottom of my stack. And then when I go to my office the next day, I take the next five off those cards i value i value them because you found some kind of value in me and gave wanted to sacrifice on my behalf so i wanted to take this moment now and just give you an expression of gratitude yes they mean an awful lot to me and i'm sorry for the times where well i didn't show a great deal of expression of gratitude I thank God for every one of you here and everyone at home, because without you being here today, this worship wouldn't have been what it is. The fact that you came. See, some people got the attitude, I go to church to get, and I didn't get much out of this today. That's not the reason to come to church. It's to give, to give your heartfelt gratitude to God, to encourage and be thankful to one another, to join together. By the way, I sound a lot better when you all sing with me. So I'm grateful for that. I am grateful that we can gather together and worship on a regular basis. So here's my prayer. May this Thanksgiving be the beginning of the rest of our lives, a life of practicing thankfulness to God and to one another. Amen.